Well, good morning. It's good to see you all. I trust you're enjoying the rain. I mean, it's a blessing. We need the rain. It doesn't mean I like the rain all the time. I don't think we've seen the sun in four days. I was telling Cindy and I think Brother First and Mrs. First before church, if I wanted this kind of weather, I'd move back to Washington. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, dear diary, four days, no sun, all hope is lost. And I just, it's the way I felt this morning. Uh, but you know what? The Lord's good and it's good to be here. We certainly do need the rain and so praise Him for it. I thank Him for it. Um, Job chapter 23 this morning, <clears throat> and uh, we'll continue kind of where we left off last week as we were uh, looking at the thought of seeing God in affliction or seeing God in adversity, and uh, do you trust God? Uh, we tend to doubt when things don't go the way that we expect, and uh, we sometimes lose sight, but so that's the thought for the day. And uh, we're going to open up by reading uh, verses 23, or excuse me, verses 8 uh, through 10. This is Job speaking here, and it says, Behold, I go forward, but he is not there, and backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, where uh, he doth work, but I cannot behold him, he hideth himself on the right hand, that I cannot see him. But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Heavenly Father, we do thank you, Lord, for this day. We, Lord, are so thankful that even when we don't understand or we don't really know what's going on, that you're there and you haven't forgotten us. And so today we pray that you just help us as we look at your word this morning. Give us something that would be an encouragement and help, Lord, to just continue to trust you in a greater way. And Father, once again, we do pray for your blessing upon our Sunday school hour. We pray that you'd fill this facility with your spirit, Lord. Bless the teachers as your word goes forth. And I pray that each one would be attentive and that you do work in each and every heart. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. As we continue this thought, last week we looked at the idea of seeing God in affliction. And we kind of concluded that as we, we saw the great faith Job maintained while suffering. Uh, not understanding how God was working and or what God was doing. And, and he, we, I made the comment that he's really kind of crying out in these, in these verses, where is God when I hurt? He, he's looking for God. He doesn't know where God is. And, and the things that are taking place in his life are not how we think God would typically work. We know all of his friends said that. We know that Job understood that. And so it can be very difficult at times when things don't go the way that we think. We, we kind of have these preloaded ideas of how God's going to operate. And if we just obey Him and we do right and we, we live for Him, things are just going to be fine and dandy. Uh, but we understand, based on the, the testimony of Job, that that's not always how God works. God does allow affliction. God does allow adversity in our lives. God does allow us to go through times of need and want. And we need to be careful that we don't lose sight of our God in those, in those times. <clears throat> Job in verse 10, it's just, it's amazing. He says, but he knoweth the way that I take. 
the verses leading up to that, he's been looking in, in, in what's going on here, God? Where are you? But he's still in faith saying, God knows. And this morning, I want to encourage you that God knows what you're facing. God knows the challenges that are in your life. <clears throat> uh, God knows the challenges that will be in your life that you're not aware of yet. Uh, and just trust him. And, and it's amazing that Job knew that God was working it out for him. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. He knew that God was refining him and making him better in this process. Despite the significant issues that were taking place in his life. Uh, and the discouragement that, that often sets in. Do not lose faith when difficulties come. And you feel God is, is not nearby. I just want to remind you, he's not forsaking you. And just trust him, and he'll work things all for your good. Um, and Job really remains faithful to what the Lord has directed him to do. Uh, he continues to be obedient. Verses 11 and 12 are, are another great demonstration of his faith. Uh, and, and he does this despite the reality of him not seeing God working. Remember verses 8 and 9? He is not experiencing God really doing anything. But as we read these verses, I want you to understand that. He has not been experiencing God in the way that we often want to experience Him and, and see God moving and see the benefits of our obedience and see all those things taking place and, and the results that we would like to see. And, and I, I mentioned this last week, but I'm going to remind you again, life doesn't always go the way that we plan or the way that we think it should or would. But look at verses 11 and 12. <clears throat> what a great reminder that we must live by faith. My foot hath held his steps. His way have I kept and not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. And so Job was again recommitting his complete faith in a God that can work things out far better than he ever could. And he wasn't going to waver in his obedience to God. Uh, he was going to be, remain faithful to what God has revealed to him in his life. And, and we, as we move here into chapter 24 a little bit, um, we see in verses 1 through 12 how Job expresses this confusion. Uh, that oftentimes we get confused that God does not judge the wicked and and why the ungodly oftentimes do wait to be acquitted, if you will. Uh, it seems like the, uh, you know, the, the ungodly get away with it and God's people aren't being uh, rescued or, or acquitted of those things. And, and everything just seems to be in vain. Because it's not going the way that we think it should. And Job has a difficult time understanding that. Why God doesn't judge sin quickly. Um, and, and there's scripture on that, and we're not going to spend a lot of time there, but oftentimes people think they're getting away with it, so they continue in it. Um, but we know that God will deal with that in His time, and we just have to trust Him for that. That's not the main focus here. Um, but look at, well, let's read these um, verses 1 through 12, I guess it would be, uh, in chapter 24. Why seeing times are not hidden from the Almighty, do they that know Him not see His days? Some remove the landmarks, they violently take away the flocks and feed thereof. They drive away the ass of the fatherless and they 
uh, take the widow's ox <clears throat> for a pledge. They turn the needy out of the way. The poor of the earth hide themselves together. Behold, as wild asses in the desert go they forth to the work, rising betimes for a prey. The wilderness yieldeth food for them and for their children. They reap every one as corn in his field, and they gather the vintage of the wicked. They cause the naked to be lodged without clothing, that they have no covering in the, in the cold. They are wet with the showers of the mountains and embrace the rock for want of shelter. They pluck the fatherless from the breast and take a pledge of the poor. They cause him to go naked without clothing, and they take away the sheave from the hungry, which make oil within their walls and tread their vine presses and suffer thirst. Men groan from out of the city, and the soul of the wound crieth out. Yet God layeth not folly to them. And so, again, he's just, this is, I don't understand why God allows these things. This isn't how we, we think it should be. And the things that are in here, they're serious issues. Uh, forbidden in the law. God condemns these types of things. Um, as an example, when it talks about that landmark being re- removed, Deuteronomy 19.14, Thou shalt not remove thy neighbor's landmark, which they of old time have set in thine inheritance, which thou shalt inherit in the land of the Lord thy God, giveth thee to possess. These are big things that God had addressed later on in the law, right? So these were, and we know our God doesn't change, and so if it was important, when God gave the law, it was important prior to that, I believe. These are significant things. These are things, uh, why do people move landmarks? Because they covet somebody else's property. And they want, they want more for themselves. And, and so these are things that, that, that are just rooted in sin. And it says, curse he that removeth his neighbor's landmark. And all the people shall say, Amen, Deuteronomy 27, 17. Listen, these are significant things. Uh, Psalm 68, 5, a father of the fatherless and a judge of the widows is God in those holy habitations. So again, and I, I think I mentioned this last week, but these aren't things that God takes lightly. And it's confusing when God seems to not be taking action on things that he says are important. It's like, hey, God, what, what's going on? You've said these things. You've established this, and why isn't this taking place? And by the way, why are the godly suffering? You've promised to take care of them and, and, and to uphold them and, and to be their God. And so why is this the case, the Lord? And Job is just perplexed down through the, the rest of this chapter, verses, uh, through the rest, verses 13 through 17. Job expresses his confusion, again, about how God isn't quick to punish the murderers. Look at verses 13 through 17. There are those that rebel against the light. They know not the ways thereof, nor abide in the paths thereof. The murderers rising with the, or with the light killeth the poor and needy, and in the night is as a thief. The eye also of the adulterer waiteth for the twilight, saying, No eye shall see me and distinguish his face. In the dark they dig through houses which they had marked for themselves in the daytime. They know not the light, for the morning is to them even as the shadow of death. If uh, one knoweth them, they are in the terrors of the shadows of death. And so, uh, again, it's like, why these things are taking place, God, and, and you're not dealing with it. Uh, folly's not added unto them. If you look in uh, the, the, <clears throat> the verses here, he's just utterly perplexed on, this is not how I expected God to work. So what do we do oftentimes when we live in this life and it's not going the way that we expect? We start playing the blame game oftentimes. Um, <clears throat> verses 18 through 25, he just kind of continues that thing. And, 
And, but I want to encourage you, don't play the blame game. Right. When you begin to hurt, when you are afflicted, when you are in adversity, sometimes we want to accuse God. Well, he's not there. We tend to go to this pretty quickly. Why do you think there's so many lawsuits in America? Right? We just want to find somebody to blame. And I'm not saying there's not legitimate things uh, that take place, but I hope you understand what I'm saying this morning. This attitude is illustrated with Martha. Lazarus dies. John eleven twenty one. then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. Accusing God of failing or, or he didn't respond or he's not conducting business in the way that I expected him to. This whole thing in life is not going about the way that I expected it to be. So it must be your fault, Jesus, because you weren't here. My brother's dead. Listen, how guilty are we of this? We may not publicly come out and say that. But in our heart and, and oftentimes in our actions, certainly, that's how we conduct ourselves. We begin to doubt God. We begin to blame God for our circumstances. Uh, God would never do this. If we can't blame a person, because uh, sometimes we just want to blame somebody, right? Did not Adam do that? With his wife, Eve, when God confronted him? And the man said, the woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I did eat. He's accusing his wife, but ultimately he's accusing God. The woman you gave me, God, God, this is your fault. (laughs) If you would have given me a different lady, I wouldn't have this problem. That one was messed up. Little did he know they're all messed up, but he only had the one at the time. This isn't a new tactic. We often try to put the blame on somebody else. And in reality, we just need to accept the fact that it's our lack of faith. Because in the life of Job, Job had been doing everything. Listen, look, look at verses 10 and 12, or 11 and 12 again. I want to remind you this. My foot hath not held his steps. His way have I kept and not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandments of his lips, and I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Job was committed to being obedient to God, yet he was still going through this. What a great example of faith. But how frail we are today. And oftentimes we do try to blame. And certainly there is doubt cast in our lives at times. So when adversity comes, don't blame others. Don't blame God. And listen, sometimes you don't even blame yourself. I get it. Sometimes we bring things in our life because we are sinners and, and we do stupid things and, and we, we sin, we fail. Uh, but sometimes in life, that's not the case. As in the case of Job, God can allow adversity in our life for the simple reason of drawing us near to him and to refine us, to be more like Christ. And so sometimes, listen, you can get in all kinds of self-pity and discouraged because I'm just not good enough. Well, you're not. 
And so you just need to trust in him and his sufficiency and have faith that he's going to work in your life and bring you to a better place. So you don't necessarily need to blame yourself either. Certainly there are times where we're at fault. And, and we're responsible for, for the issues and the problems that we have in life. But oftentimes they're not necessarily the fault of anyone. Because God allows things to happen in our lives as in the case of Job. And so at those times, just refuse and commit that you're not going to blame God. You're not going to try to blame anyone else. You just need to go through it in faith. And hopefully that will make more sense as we get through this. Uh, And I want to remind you, you'll understand it in time. God will reveal it to you. Maybe it might not be this side of heaven either. Uh, But again, you have to trust him. And that he's working on your behalf. The past is a wonderful revealer of the present. As I look back at my Christian life and how God brought me to Christ and, and how the, the things in my heart that I was struggling with and I didn't understand and God just, man, he, he brought people into my life. He, my dad made me go to church and, and I could hear the gospel and all those things that were messages that were tailor-made for me that I was struggling with. And it's just amazing. And then I look in how, how God pulled me into the, to the Christian school because that changed the trajectory of my life. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for that. And then I can go back and I look at all the different assignments I had in the Air Force and how God worked all those things out in a way that I did not understand at the time. And I know I've shared the testimony of how we got to South Dakota. Nobody wants to come to South Dakota. Only people that live here understand that. You're the only people that want to be here is what I'm saying. Like, it's not a prized assignment on the Air Force list of assignments, is what I'm getting at. It was nowhere on my list. But God brought us here. And now looking back, you see how God is orchestrating things in your life. And it was difficult circumstances that got us here. It wasn't easy family time at the time. Medical issues and and moving across the, the, the Pacific Ocean is not fun. I've done it a few times. It's, I don't recommend it. But that's what God had for us. And there were challenges and difficulties. And so what I'm telling you today is you just have to trust him. Because you don't understand it while you're going through it all the time. I don't know why Carter has type 1. I still don't fully understand that. I I know God has used that to bring us here. But I don't fully understand it. It sucks, by the way. (laughs) To be insulin dependent, right? And, And so listen, I don't know what physical ailments you have. And the things that God's allowed in your life. But you have to trust him. He is working. Uh, whatever, whatever the ailment or the, the adversity or the affliction that you're facing, you have to trust that God will reveal it in his time. You will understand it in your time. Uh, for we now see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even... Excuse me. But then shall I know even as also I am known. You think about how much does God know about you? Boy, you're going to know a lot here in the end of this. But the reality is sometimes we don't understand that while we're facing those things. And so what do we do? We just need to trust him. We need to have faith that God will reveal it in his time. And he will begin working those things out. And then I I thought this was good. Reflect on memorials. We talked about removing the landmark, or or Job here does a little bit, right? And um, 
But the past is a wonderful revealer for this present. If you have things that you've saw God do in your past, when you're going through the storm and you really don't, you haven't seen sun for four days, uh, and you just feel like, man, what is going on here? Look back to the past and what God has done for you, and you can find confidence, and it will help increase your faith that, or your faith that He never let you down before. And I'm here to tell you this morning, He doesn't intend to start letting you down in this storm either. And so remember some of those things. Listen, on the day that we were born again, God begins building memorials in our lives. My salvation day is a memorial that I can go back on. I'll never forget the day when I went forward and received Christ. No, it was so clear to me that I needed a Savior. And it, it blew my mind that there was a God that wanted to be with me. I'll never forget, I can see the little tiny altar that was up in front. It was a double-wide mobile home. We were meeting in the preacher's house, and and there was a a little tiny homemade altar up there, and I went forward and and just said, God, I'm a sinner, and the best I know how, I'm going to trust you. I don't know how this works. I remember putting my faith in him and receiving Christ. That's a memorial. I I won't ever forget that. And there have been times in my life, I go, what is this Christian life all about? And I go back and I'm like, you know what? I still don't have all the answers, but I know what he did for me that day. And so we need some memorials. God gave the children of Israel memorials. In Joshua 4, 6 and 7, after they had crossed over the Jordan, it says, this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, what mean ye by these stones? Then you shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. And so God has done some great things in your life. We no doubt could take up the rest of this Sunday school time and just testify of amazing things that God has done for us in our lives. When you're going through the storm, you need to remember those things. You need to remind yourself. Maybe you need to start jotting things down because when you get discouraged, you got a notebook you can go back to and say, oh boy, I, I, I forgot that God had did this for me. I remember, now I remember what he did there. I'm sure he could do He can handle this. No problem because we need those memorials. Listen, it's biblical. God gave the children of Israel. that, And, and so... I'm kind of, I don't have a diary, by the way. I made that comment at the beginning. But it, it might not be a bad plan to have a diary. I know some people journal far more than I have. I, I do write things down and document things on occasion, but uh, some people far better than me. Uh, we would do well to remember what God has done for us in the past. It can remind us of God's faithfulness. And then we can rest assured in His continued faithfulness in this present difficult time in the present challenges that we face. All hope isn't gone. We haven't seen the sun in four days. We'll see it again. Our God is faithful. And so if you're in the storm of life today and you feel like, man, I just don't feel like God's been there, stay in the boat. Don't jump ship. Uh, God won't come back. Think back on those things that he's done for you. But also, focus on his promises. 
Amid adversity, we can sometimes feel like the disciples who cried out to Jesus during the storm on the Sea of Galilee. In Mark 4.38, And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Have you ever been going in the storm of life and just ask, God, don't you care? Of course he cares. What an absurd question to ask Almighty God. But in our affliction, in our adversity, and in our flesh, we oftentimes get to a point where we feel that way. I don't think God really does care. Can you imagine going to the Savior and carest thou not? By the way, he had given them a promise that they're going to go to the other side prior to this. Um, verse 35, earlier in that chapter, it says, In the same day when uh, the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. So this was all in God's plan. Jesus had revealed to them, Hey, we're going to cross over and go to the other. And you know what? He was content in God's plan and went and took a nap. And the disciples allowed the storm of life or the storm on the Sea of Galilee to distract them and get them worried about all kinds of things to the point where they were beginning to doubt their Savior. Doubt the one that they had abandoned all to follow. Don't forget God's promises. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. We sing that, but sometimes we don't make application of it in our lives. We intellectually tell ourselves we know that God's going to bring us through this. We know that God can strengthen us. We know that God can help us. We know that He's faithful. Uh, But oftentimes we doubt. Again, Job's great faith is just amazing to me. But he knoweth the way that I take. Listen, if he knows your way, trust him. The way might not be the way that you thought you were going to take. The trail might take a left turn where you wouldn't think it would take a left turn, but God knows. And so trust Him that He's going to bring you through it. And God will strengthen you. Back in chapter 23 of Job, in verse 6, it says this, Will He, uh, will he plead against me with His great power? And it says this, No, but He would put strength in me. God will give you the strength you need to make through these difficult times. You just need to trust Him. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. And he saith unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecution, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. In all of the circumstances of life, the Apostle Paul says, Infirmities, persecutions, necessities, all of this, God is working to make me better. He's going to strengthen me through it. But today, I want to tell you, waiting is not just sitting around idly while we wait for God to move. Job was obedient through all of this. We must wait in faith while we serve Him. 
And certainly in the circumstances of life, our service ability may be hindered. The easy one that comes to mind is finances. Sometimes our finances are more limited than what we were used to. So maybe we can't give like we once did. That's not your fault. If you're being faithful to honor God with your first fruits and, and to be honest in your giving, but you can't do the extra stuff that you once did, that's, that's not your fault. God has brought you to that place and you just need to trust him in it. So, so as an example, but Psalm 37, 34 says this, wait on the Lord and keep his way. We don't sit down and, and just get the poochie lip out and become idle in the Christian life because it's not going the way we want. It's not going how we expected God to work. We must continue to serve him as we are able. Certainly in physical afflictions in life, we may not be able to do as much as we once did. Oftentimes we see that in the latter years, but it doesn't have to be the latter years. But as we are able, we need to continue to be obedient and do those things that God has revealed for us to be doing. We must trust God and continue to do those things that he has revealed to us. Sometimes I think we need to be reminded of the most familiar passages. And I would encourage you today, go back and read Proverbs chapter 3 today. But we'll look at just verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Listen, because things aren't going the way we want, Maybe we, don't, we aren't receiving the blessings in life that we expected this, that we would have in the Christian life. doesn't mean we just quit. Well, church ain't going quite like I expected, so no, you still need to be obedient. God says to be in church. That, that's clear in the Bible. Anybody that would doubt that, they don't read their Bible. Listen, we need to be faithful to those things that he's told us to do because in time... Listen, because what happens is, we, what do we start doing? We start leaning on our own understanding. Well, that's just not the way I expected it. So, you know, it's, it's reasonable that I can do this. And we get in trouble. And then guess what happens? Now we get chastisement. We're not just going through a difficult time because God's allowed a storm. Now God has to deal with us because we are not being obedient. Certainly, you don't want the chastisement of God in your life. So, for the Christian, for, for the believer, you have nowhere but to turn and to trust Him in times of affliction because it's only going to get worse if you don't. Because then the belt comes out of the pant loops, and that's not a good thing. I remember hearing those out of my dad's pants. I didn't like that sound. You can hear that thing slapping every, every loop on the way out. And then it reminds me of the slap it made on my backside. It wasn't comfortable. So what do we do? We just remain obedient to what God has revealed us. Weather the storm. Listen, I know it gets hard. I know it gets long. I know it doesn't seem enjoyable. It's not fun. But listen, he's working on your behalf. And if you would have the faith, as Job did, on the outside of this thing, You'll be refined to be more like him than ever before. You'll be like gold. So today, I want to remind you of, as we close, i got a couple minutes here. I just want to read these verses and remind you 
uh, I think I mentioned it last week, but Psalm 27, verse 13, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Verse 14, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Don't give up. Continue just to wait. And, and again, the idea of waiting isn't just sitting on like a bump on a log, expecting God to do what you think he should do, but be obedient. Look, I had fainted unless I had believed. You just got to trust God in it. It's hard. Listen, life's hard at times. It really is. We can't sugarcoat it. People get sick. Money dries up. Cars break. We can go for days and days and say all the difficulties that life brings, but you know what? Our God has not failed anyone yet. And we just need to hold out faith that he is working on our behalf. And listen, he'll reveal it in his time. And we'll know someday. In many cases, we'll know this side of heaven, but some, it may not be till we get to glory. Do you trust God today in your affliction? Let's pray. Father, we do thank you, Lord, for this day. Lord, we thank you for your word. And Father, just the, the great example of the life of Job and somebody that really was afflicted. And Lord, he remained faithful to you. And so I just pray that you would give us the faith to trust you more. Lord, help us not to lean on to our own understanding, but to trust you and your word. And Father, I pray that you'd help us to continue to be obedient, even in the difficult times. And we'll give you the thanks and glory for all you do in our lives. And now, Father, today we do pray for your blessing upon the morning service. We pray that you would fill our preacher with your Holy Spirit, Lord. I pray that the word of God would go forth and it would have free course. And I ask, Lord, that you would just give us a yielding heart. Help us to be sensitive to your word today. And I pray, Lord, that you would... Lord, just give us the courage to make application in our lives. And Father, I pray that we would be strengthened and encouraged as we gather together in fellowship with one another today, that we can continue the work of the ministry. Lord, we thank you for this day. ask for you to work in hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.